Welcome to Shows What You Know, your television podcast. That I, 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 no, strangers. sorry, strange, Stranger Things. We're a Stranger Things podcast. I was going. Name? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, your television podcast. That is your one-stop shop for Stranger Things. StrangerThingsPodcast.com. I am Jim Scampoli. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I'm sorry to step on you, but I don't know who these shows, which you know people are. We're definitely the Stranger Things podcast trademark. Uh, find us at StrangerThingsPodcast.com. That's who we are. And as I said, my name is Jacob Burrows. We're here to talk about the final episodes of Stranger Things 2. The last three. We're back. We're going to go through it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm up to date. I've watched it all. You've watched it all. It's going to be all spoilers all the way through. So please do watch Stranger Things uh, before coming on and listening to this. We have other episodes that are spoiler-free, so check those out if you haven't seen it yet. But is it is is Stranger Things done already? Here we are like a week and two days since yeah. Stranger Things 2 has premiered. We've had a week blitz of Stranger Things. We've had Finn Wolfhard tweets. We've had... Uh, Millie Brown sing rapping on Jimmy Fallon. We've had uh, uh, Dustin doing whatever he does all week long, and now is we're Stranger Things out, are we? It is basically over, which is sad. Uh, it's hard when you're the Stranger Things podcast and you just can just broadcast for one week a year. But yeah, it's a week. merry week, and we try to make the most of it. Uh, yeah, like uh, I had to go through my notes, and I was like, oh, yeah, Stranger Things, <laughs> which is bad. Um, but it is, I, I mean, also people I've talked to who are listeners uh, to our show aren't listening to this because... They haven't watched all of Stranger Things yet. There are yeah. people like that as well. So it's going to come in slight waves, but then they're going to come in and everyone else is finished. So, hey, we're there for you whenever you wrap up and we want to tell you what we think about these episodes. And we want to hear what you think about these episodes. Speaking of which, uh, I do believe unless the hype, uh, like the wave of anti-hype just comes over us in, in a wave of lethargy and we're just swept away by the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, unless that happens, we are going to do another episode on Stranger Things where we talk, uh, among other things, we, we go through feedback from our listeners. So if you haven't, uh, you know, if you haven't seen the last episode yet, there's still time to get your feedback in. You can just email it to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. And I would like to specifically pose a question to all of you, um, being how would you fix... Stranger Things 2. And that is kind of a negative connotation to it, but even if it's just small things, I don't think anyone thinks this season was perfect. If you have big problems, if you have small problems, please do send us suggestions on how you, if you were in control, would have quote-unquote fixed it, or changed it, or what, yeah, basically you would have liked better. Because I... I'm always interested in going through that because we're talking about how they write it, how they choose to put it together. So you can send those into shows which you know show at gmail.com or comment on our YouTube or website. Absolutely. The discussion does not stop. We're here for the people that are behind the times as well as the people that are ahead of the times. Mm. Because we know that this uh, the social media blitz means one thing, but the things don't stop. There are people out there still catching up on uh, fucking the get back or get down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? The get deck? Yeah. Great show. Great show that we forgot about and everyone did. Um, so basically, I think we should blast into it starting with episode seven or chapter seven, The Lost Sister. I've been so looking forward to discuss this because I have to say that everyone that doesn't like this episode is fucking wrong. Well, I've seen negative stuff, and I just want to hear from them, and I want to get their point of view, because it didn't stick out to me as a bad episode, and in fact, I don't 
really know what they're talking about. And that's not me trying to be funny. I was like, yeah, it's a Stranger Things episode. They're doing something different. What's the bad part? Is the bad part that Papa's alive? Because I could get behind that, but I don't know about the rest. Well, I mean, I've heard, I've read a few things on it. A lot of people feel like the show is finally gaining momentum. And then we take this side quest, which I Mm. get, but I would ask that person, do you watch TV shows? Because this is what TV shows do. And believe me, usually I really get annoyed about that. I mean, it's, it's a common staple for shows like Lost would do it a lot. Uh, Walking Dead does it constantly. But with a show like Stranger Things, I don't care because, because guess what? I can watch another episode fucking immediately. So I'm not too concerned with... Like, I do get the frustration, like, episode six ends on kind of a cliffhanger and you want to pick up where that is. So it's kind of a diversion. But like I'm saying, dude, it's, it's an hour uh everyone's staying up watching these in a row so what's the complaint there uh so there's that complaint gone uh i've heard people talk about how it's like oh it's just kind of x-men or whatever um yeah i think it's a fair criticism but i would also answer that stranger things by design is a remix rehash of stuff we've seen but and i don't mean that in a bad way because i feel like they still do it well like they they're they're uh, spitting it back at you in a different way. Um, yeah. it, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was because I'd heard all this stuff about, oh, episode seven. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's the worst thing ever. And then when I finally watched, I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, because I enjoyed that it's a different 80s thing in Stranger Things. Like Because people all, all complained about... You know, oh, you're just ripping off uh, Stephen King, you're ripping off Spielberg, and now they're ripping off some other 80s shit. So yeah, when when you you say it's a different different uh, different 80s thing, is it like um, yeah, what what is it specifically? Can you put your finger on it? Movies like Like, I I know. Oh, sorry to cut you off. I just was gonna say like I know what you mean, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, Movies like the the city felt like RoboCop, or I think in the post show discussion. Even though I don't think it's 80s, because Warriors, maybe the 70s, they kind of mentioned the Warriors as one of them because it's like a different type of synth and it's more like kind of a cyberpunk, like big, bad, evil city. And yeah. I kind of liked that they were doing that. I liked that it was like, oh, yes, this is another thing that they're a uh, stranger thing. This is another thing that they're doing their own like take on. And plus, I mean, I guess I just enjoy the 11 character. So. Mm-hmm. I was uh, kind of all right with seeing some different stuff. There's some other complaints. I know people didn't like the actors, I guess. And I guess I could see that. I can't really um, uh, shoot that down too much. But I don't know. I was, I'm here for it. We're, uh, Eleven's leaving Hawkins and going into the city. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it might be a different, uh, might be a different 80s thing, but they're definitely putting the whole dreamful soundtrack over the sister reunion it's all humming and enya when they're all meeting each other so that's different but uh yeah it's it's definitely got a different flavor to it i felt like it was you know i'm sure what they were going for was broadening the world and opening it up a bit like you were saying and for me that mostly worked um and as far as momentum i don't know uh we've talked about those these departure episodes that happen sometimes and sometimes they completely kill the momentum when you just go off and do something different but it's not only justified here it's 
if Eleven didn't get one of those episodes, like maybe it, this episode would have been in the upside down in a different version of this world. But she definitely needed her own story here, and this is where she was doing it, basically. And and the thing is, it, this might sound bad, but it's not bad. But in a weird way, I kind of needed a break from Hawkins. I kind of yeah. wanted to see something a little bit different, even though. Um, even though I was, even though I, I was still digging the season. I mean, we talked about the previous episodes and how maybe the first few seemed a little slow, but it was kind of nice hanging out with the characters we love. But I, I, I was fine with being at a point to leave Hawkins. I've heard a lot of people say like Hawkins is like another character, and we can't leave Hawkins. But I'm not really attached like that. Uh, I kind of see this episode. Well, there's two things going on because. Based off the justice for Barb and what we've seen here in season two, the one thing that worries me about the Duffer brothers is I feel like they get gun shy and they're going to react to social media reactions. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a bad thing because I feel like a lot of people try to say that this seemed like a backdoor pilot, like they were trying to do another show. But I saw it more as they were trying to introduce you what they're going to explore with season three. Yeah. Uh, But now I... I feel like if the Duffer, because there's all these headlines that are like the internet's dragging episode seven or episode seven, the worst episode. It's the new Justice for Barb. So I'm kind of worried that the Duffers, since they're going to be like, oh no, people didn't like it, and they're just going to be like, let's do the upside down again. Yeah, because that's kind of the main fear we've had, or the the feeling you get that's not so great about um, Stranger Things two is that it's all more of just the same and in a way that works because we like that but it's if you just uh hem yourself in like that you're not going to get actually more of the same it's just going to be the same but in greater volume and that's more of a general thought but something i guess we can touch on that i think stranger things 2 is like the perfect name for it not calling it stranger things season 2 because it's actually it feels completely like a sequel and with with the like it's a, it's nice to see these characters it's a good story but it also has some of that bad sequel stuff going on and if they moved more towards doing other stuff and it like what they proved to us for me in season 1 was that they had great talent and that was what i was excited about not necessarily this town even though i like that town so that's why we were saying maybe an anthology show would work maybe it wouldn't but that's why i'm definitely not against seeing it open up a bit more and i do think it worked in the broader context of uh, of the season as well yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i like that it's this small suburban town much like a lot of those 80s movies but i also kind of like the idea if things will start to gel and maybe go into new environments um uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I get a lot of people have said they wish maybe they would have liked it more if it wasn't just 11, if it was kind of we saw our group of kids that we enjoy kind of embark on this side quest. And I guess I kind of get that. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, the thing is, I understand uh, some criticisms of the episode, but I feel like this outrage about how it's the worst thing. I feel like that's a bit much. Yeah. And uh, I, I just I, I welcome it because I want to see some different adventures with and if we're going to be sticking with these same characters i'm fine with opening up the world and kind of going that route a little bit uh rather than you know yes another uh this tree is an opening to the the other the upside down 
quick now get it's the inside the out yeah <laughs> it's blue on that side like instead of red and gray uh yeah if i was to order like the criticisms i've had in terms of how much they've affected my enjoyment uh this is not e probably not even on the list actually i liked it as i said it's but i i I can see people not liking it, but for me, the bigger issues are definitely around Mike not getting to do what he wants yeah. or what he needs to do to be a proper character uh, in the season, which we can get into with more of the details. Uh, there's issues with, uh, if we're looking at Eleven storyline, hey, biggest fucking problem is in the beginning where you just go like and don't properly f fulfill what you were promising at the end of last season. You just have her be in a cabin for a whole year, which kind of works, but it's uh, that jars me a lot more than this part where it's actually, yeah, it feels a bit different. It feels a bit maybe X-Men or whatever, um, but I don't mind. I wouldn't uh, mind if the Duffer brothers were to make uh, direct an X-Men movie either, but um, that's a different story. Well, and plus the, yeah, I, I think you bring up a great point. Like, I guess I can understand like criticisms of this episode, but to me, yeah, like we talked about, there's a lot more uh, worse things to call out, uh, namely like Nancy and Jonathan. To me, like any of their side quests, uh, mm -hmm. pretty boring. And of course, the Billy character, like a lot of that stuff, I feel like is a more uh, a bigger sin than what was done here in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, so just to summarize it real quick, uh, what we'd have going on is uh, Eleven, of course, going to Chicago because she wants to find this girl, which she can do because she has magic powers, um, tracks down Callie, who is able to give illusions to people, who's hanging out with her gang in this warehouse where they're all, like, being all threatening to her. But then her and Callie connect, and they even get this moment where they hold hands and they show, show the numbers, and then they hug, and then they're sisters. So Eleven obviously finally getting some some of the family she went looking for when she went to search for uh, her mother there. Yeah, she found her sistra as we uh, embark on Stranger Things Orphan Black. And uh, we get to have a whole group of uh, Stranger Elevens. And uh, I'd be completely fine with it, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, well, the other thing... Ah, fuck, I lost my thought. Continue. I'm sorry. Well, from the chat we have uh, from Chris saying, I felt like I got more invested in Eleven as a character in this episode, which I think makes a lot of sense because, I mean, yeah, not to bring it back to Mike and keep complaining about that, but Mike never got anything close to the amount of the whole season. He never got anything close to what happens for Eleven in this one episode. And we kind of need to go more into her character since, since she's the one going through this stuff. She needs to connect to this. I, I will agree. Like, it's not perfectly executed speaking of execution they do track down this guy to execute him uh because that's what we found out the from episode one we thought it was maybe a robbery turns out they just go around murdering people who have wronged them in the past and yeah. i don't know about the other like have the others also suffered to the degree that eight and eleven uh have suffered or are they just kind of annoyed at their uncle or whatever i mean i assume it's serious because they're all willing to murder people but it's kind of like they have a murder board and I guess I like that Eleven isn't really like there's a murder board because she's not a regular like adjusted member of society. If anyone else was there, they'd be like, "Oh, this is cool. They'll send you a Christmas card. See you later." Um, but yeah, she, she, I guess she's kind of just um, on board with it because she's full of rage as well, and she does her, you know, Luke. Uh, you know, the size doesn't matter. Move the fucking train uh, with her anger, giving into the dark side and everything. So. That's basically what's going on. Uh, what did you feel about her just being on board with murdering and then not well, 
actually, yeah, that that's what that's the thought I lost. Um, I feel like the natural progression of this show has to lead to Eleven being the big bad, and I know maybe people wouldn't like that, but she's too. I mean, because obviously one of the main reasons why she's been why she was side uh, like pushed to the side for most of the season is she's so powerful. It's that whole like, oh no, we've made this great character, and either we have to like dumb her down or take her powers away, or she can't be around because in most cases, be like, oh, it's a demo dog. Here's Eleven. Eleven will just make it disappear. So I feel like this episode does flirt with that idea because we've already seen in the past that she can murder people with like the flick of her eyelid. Yeah. And the, the main thing that's holding her back from that is her friends and her, you know, her family that she has now. But it's always brimming under the surface because she's still just a kid who's been through horrible things. And I mean, obviously I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of the hints here, we could just be seeing that eventually this character could snap and then she's the new demo demogorgon or whatever. But do you think she would do that under the influence of something Lovecraftian like Will would, uh, or do you mean more? Flayer. Sorry. What did you say? Like, like maybe the mind flayer. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. Or do you think, I mean, that would be, I mean, it would be more satisfying if she, you know, went bad, but in a believable way. But it seems like they almost had their flirt with that already. They flirted into that area and then quite quickly had her step back. And of course, I mean, if, for example, uh, someone comes and kills, uh, uh, kills Mike next season, like she could go like, uh, like in, you know, Buffy, she could go uh, Willow, Dark Willow, for sure. Um, I mean, I guess it could go either way. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 even, I think the Duffer brothers are great, but I f- feel like they'll uh, hold back on anything they would actually want to do. I'm not even saying this would be the greatest uh, idea anyways. Yeah, but yeah. I just feel like there are enough seeds there where it could be a logical progression for the show. But now I got to wonder if they would ever do it just because it feels like everything's very gun shy with fan reactions and the way people are going to react on social media. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I I can't predict what season three is not until our predict season three of game of uh, fucking game of stranger things episode. Uh, But for now I'll say it feels like if they were going to go that way, they would have at least had her... Well, I, I don't know, because she's killed a lot of people already, so it's not like it's really a big deal. But yeah, she does see, like, oh, he has well, daughters, I, and I'm a daughter, so I can't kill him. But I feel like this, was, this wasn't this was to show that she has darkness. This was to show that she still has a connection to, to uh, rein that in. Yeah, because that's basically... I mean, she starts seeing but, all these flashbacks which we've talked about that they just keep piling on these like love, of, love. of the her hugging her friends and say them saying she's not a monster and everything like we under we know you don't have to show us what's going on in their heads all the time it's honestly one of my biggest gripes by now because they just keep doing it over and over and it's pretty distracting so let the scene speak for itself that's what i feel uh she does get one flash that's more legitimate where she actually sees that her pals are in danger. So that's basically uh, one of the main motivators for her to run off. Although her running off in the middle of like a gunfight isn't like that seems like they a television thing rather than like if she would have gotten quicker out of there if she got in the van than, you know, actually running down the alley. But 
yeah, I guess she needed to separate herself from them to to start heading back. That's the end yeah. of the episode. Although, yeah, that's very true. But I, I, for me, anyways, I think that moment really worked as far as like the just between Eleven and her sister. Yeah. I know a lot of people didn't like that actress, I guess, but um, I thought that moment worked pretty well, just as far as like emotionally for me, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I like Callie or Eight, um, and I like that she wasn't like, "What? You're not going to murder people?" She was. She said in, instead of say like, "If it's okay, if you don't want to do that, but don't ever stop me from taking the revenge I deserve," because she was the one also getting electrocuted by this guy. So, so I like that dynamic and how hurt she feels when Eleven just uh, runs off because she, as you said, she's not felt whole this whole time, and now. She's not going to be whole again. Um, so I, I also feel like it, it lays um, interesting seeds for season three. Yes. And I think if we could call back to what we were talking about uh, in our previous episode, when we were going over the original episode titles that were released, like uh, like a month after Stranger Things 1 was on Netflix, the original episode titles had The Lost Brother as the finale, as the ninth episode. Yeah. So... I, I, I mean, obviously, they changed it from a lost brother to a lost sister, but I think it's pretty clear that a lot of the, the beats were probably the same. And if it was placed at the end, it was probably more of a setup for what we're... It was more of probably like an epilogue and set up for the new season. But again, I feel like if that was the idea and then they're seeing all this stuff online, they're going to like change everything. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I don't that's into them in them with sticking to whatever you know vision they may have. Yeah, that's possible. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's probably going to be a dude, and they're like, no, no, we have too many dudes already, which is fine. Um, they brought in Max, and now they got yeah. eleven. Yeah, they could bring in one more. Yep, and um, what was I going to say? That oh yeah, if it was the last episode, it feels like that character would have come in at the end and saved the day instead of Eleven, and they probably figured out that that wouldn't be very satisfactory for everyone. Uh, sure. It works a lot better that Eleven pops in at the end. Speaking of which, uh, Chapter 8 is called The Mind Flayer, which I didn't know that that was a Dungeons & Dragons thing last time when, when I said, hey, if you're going to get a name, just fucking grab whatever from Dungeons & Dragons. Sure mm -hmm. enough, they whip out the book to title another thing, uh, which in part feels like them like, Let's do what we did before, the writers. But it also makes sense to me and is kind of uh, likable. It's more likable than Dustin just nagging on and on, trying to brand these dogs as demi-dogs yeah. like eight times. Like, it was fine two times, but he just keeps saying it. He really needs that to stick and get traction like he fucking trademarked it or something. Um, but yeah, the Mind Flayer is what we're talking about, first of all. Yeah, and, and it's weird because the Dungeons & Dragons thing does seem so like we did this before, so we'll do it again. But you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a more likable way because there's no other way. Like, what else would they do to at least have some sort of reference on what they're doing? Like, what kind of exposition drop would they do? Otherwise, they'd have to, like, capture a demo, a demo dog and, like, have someone go into its brain and then start telling us what's going on type thing, which would stink. So I guess just pulling out a D&D &D book and picking a thing and be like, this kind of works. Yeah. Uh, I guess it works. You know, it's it's fine. I guess you described it perfectly. It's a likable way to do it. It's And we I, I've mentioned this quite a bit. Stranger Things does really well. They come right up to that line. Like 
they come so close so much to almost yeah. being like bad, but I feel like they ride that line so well and they're on the other side of good that it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So we pick up exactly where we left off with these demodogs, uh, overwhelming the lab and killing lots of people. And Mike doing something useful for once convinces, uh, Joyce to sedate will, which will prevent them, prevent the creature or the, yeah, the mind flare from tracking them so they can get out of there. But, of course, uh, they're still trapped, and someone needs to go and reset the breakers. Mm. <sighs> no because they got to reboot the computers, clearly. Of course they got to reboot the computers, which I'm not saying this doesn't... I'm, I'm, I sound like the sound I make when we talk about Mr. Robot. It's not that I dislike this. Uh, it's just I really like Bob, and it's kind of a bummer because it it feels not contrived necessarily, but there's some details like... Why does Hopper let him go alone uh, when he was all there ready to, to b- bust out and, and fucking do it? And then uh, Bob's like, I am going to do it. And then Hopper stays there in the locked room, I guess, to protect the rest of them. But yeah. uh, they're actually fine. They get out of there pretty quick and easy, right? More or less? Compared yeah, to pretty, Bob, anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Well, and then what? Is is he the one? Doesn't he stay behind kind of anyways to keep an eye on the cameras? Uh, that's the doctor, right? Owens? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the doctor does that. Yeah, which makes him uh, pretty uh, a lot more likable or interesting that he's there and actually helping them. And it's clear now that he's not like the devil. Uh, he, he actually does want them to get out of there, even though he doesn't seem to... Uh, regretful about what's going on and it's totally his fault but whatever uh he does stay at the cameras and help guide them out helps guide bob out even when things are going to shit uh and it's because he he hide and like him hiding in a in a broom closet felt so much like a video game all of this right this whole part yeah even the we'll get to it but even like the very end felt like a video game to me but yeah yeah so yeah, he's he's in there, but then he runs, and then there's this moment when he he's safe and he's fine, and oh. he just meets Joyce's eyes, and you and I and everyone watching are like, "Fucking move!" If we yeah. know what's happening here, like you're not tricking us, Duffer Brothers. Something bad's gonna happen if you're lingering this much on this shot. You could have shot it different. They shot it like this though, and then this demodog comes and and attacks him. Hopper gives it like one shot before turning and like oh there's more dogs we gotta go gotta get out of here (laughs) probably wouldn't have worked to save him but just you know try a bit harder please it's bob yeah i I, it was always clear that he probably wasn't gonna make it out alive especially because he needs to be joyce and hopper by the end right yeah uh but that doesn't mean you need to even though we kind of know that something's gonna happen you don't need to telegraph it as much and yeah they they've they really telegraphed it. I don't know if it's to kind of make it hurt more, I guess, or what. Because, yeah, it's just he waits. And, yeah, my notes are like, don't stop. Why are you stopping Bob Super Bob Newbie Superhero? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I mean, from the chat, Chris says, you know, Bob, best new character. He was so sad. Uh, and it was pretty shitty the way they did it. And I feel the same, like, it. I guess it was probably inevitable that he was going to die. Uh, looking back on it, you know, he's probably not, like, he's he's got other acting jobs, right, he needs to go and do. Um, so I guess I get, I get it. And as you said, it needs to be Hopper and Joyce, even though I don't really care about Hopper and Joyce. It need, I like Bob, and 
you know, he's he's the new Barb. I think he did let that slip. Opera right? and Chase are the the will will they won't they? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, uh, he did let that slip at like Comic Con or something that he was the new Barb, and then afterwards he was like, "Oh shit! Does that do people realize that I just said I'm gonna die?" <laughs> but no, they, we were just thinking he's gonna be the the character everyone likes, and he was right. Well, uh, and there's been like articles released this week, and I, like supposedly originally they were gonna kill him off much earlier, and it was gonna be like a dark will was going to yeah. kill him somehow. I uh, saw that, that they said it was going to be like in the car when he's saying like, you need to stand and face your demons. And then Will was just going to kind of kill him. And it doesn't yeah. make any sense saying it right now, of course. Um, I I guess while, while, while the ideas were less formed, it might have made sense. But right now, he that builds up to the turning point where Will becomes uh, Nega Will. And that... Uh, obviously, we we also had some gripes with that, where he was kind of do he was kind of the same before, and then he just became more infected or whatever. So that wasn't super great either. But yeah, they were gonna kill Bob off, and they moved it to later, which makes sense. Uh, we had time to start liking him. I've also heard people say on the feedback front uh, who haven't watched all the episodes that there's pretty there were pretty low stakes this season. They felt like no one was really in danger, like when they sent all the people down in the hole. That's from uh, our friend Jonathan uh, sent sent in some feedback that down in the hole there uh, in episode six, he knew it was a trap because no one who was a character was going. All these red shirts were going. Well, I thought so. it was completely telegraphed just from Will's flashes, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought they were kind of telling us that these were not like because he was seeing danger like like as far as danger as if you're a you know a upside down mind flayer like it was like fire and then these guys have guns and we need to get rid of them but I don't that's just how I read it but I I, I haven't really seen any people well I thought it was gonna be tentacle barb in there so I'm not gonna like try try to say I knew what was up uh, at all because I didn't I'm glad like. Whatever negative feelings I have about the end, I'm so glad that didn't happen. So, <laughs> well, and uh, I know it comes later, but when it really the, like, because even the the death didn't hit me too much because it was so telegraphed. You're like, oh no, some Bob's gonna die here. But when Mike starts talking about how Bob started the AV club yeah. and like all that shit, that's what really got me. I was like, oh no, Bob's the best. That's so awesome. <laughs> I thought that was a nice, such a nice little detail. It doesn't quite make sense, but I love it. I love how they're like, you know, he was like the original us. And it's a nice callback because obviously he was in the Goonies as well. So uh, I, I really like that moment more than just the like, the uh, like we have to run. Sorry, Gandalf. Oh, my God. We had to leave him. <laughs> uh, that well, moment. yeah, that was good. But I would have liked a bit more of that. Like maybe anyone mentioning him at all in the finale would have been nice i mean they clearly did more than they did for barb where they just forgot about her uh but yeah um yeah he's he's just gone and like they just keep forcing hopper and joyce down our throats and i'm like well there's even i don't even get, i just care want to know what steve is up to i just want to hang out with steve now maybe dust well, it's a weird retcon because i feel like if we knew that information earlier the kids should have been like Bob's great, but yeah. through most of the season, they're like, Bob sucks. Well, but, uh, maybe that makes more sense because you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, but maybe. I just feel like for them thinking like Mr. Clark's so cool, if this, but I guess Mike's telling them and they're kind of didn't know, uh, but I don't know. It's just a weird thing where like 
it, it maybe would have even hurt more if they had played some of that up earlier in the season where they thought he was cool because he was like them. And but, now, he, but so, he, sorry to cut you off, but Will is the only one hanging out with him, and he does yeah. like him because. Uh, all the other kids are off at school and stuff and hanging out with Max. So, so Will is kind of the, I mean, Jonathan doesn't like him, but fuck Jonathan. I thought um, I didn't really get a, I didn't really glean that Will liked him though. I guess I didn't really, he didn't seem like he disliked him as much, but uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't really think that he liked him either. Well, he did. I mean, he's a weird, he's a zombie boy, Jim, but uh, he does say, I think uh, that he likes him. And, then they're in the car and he's taking his advice. I mean, that was a bad call. Not on not on Bob's head, but it was a bad call. Um, but I'm not against this Hopper and Joyce either. I'm team right. Hopper and Joyce. I'm 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 Joyper. I'm shipping Joyper for 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 life. All right, fine. <laughs> That's fine. I just uh, I just got more invested in Bob that, than wait, I did. What would it what? be? What's the ship here? Well, there would is be a Joyce ship or already. Joyper. What's the <laughs> Hopper, Joyce, ship called. I'm. Uh... Let's see. Is he? He's Jim Hopper. Mm-hmm. So is, it could just be Jim, or Joim. So, well, let's go to. Um, so, what are the different ship names? Here's some suggestions. Nancy and Jonathan is Nanathan. Nancy and Steve, Stancy. These aren't even important. Yeah, where's the big one? Nah, sucks. You're not seeing Things a Hopper's sucks. ship name there. Well. What I need to do, and I only didn't do this immediately because we're on live, but I do need to go to fanfiction.net, and I do need to look at TV shows, and let's go to Stranger Things. There's 571 fanfics, and then we got to change the filters because, Jim, I don't know if you know this, by default, they filter out the mature ones, so you do need to remember to change the filters. Someone on Amino app says Jopper. Uh, Jopper sounds about, yeah, I was. that sounds about right. Uh, let me put in the two yeah, different that's on fan fiction though. Steve Hopper and Joyce, and there's 500 that I believe. Uh, no, well, people are shipping Billy and Steve for sure. I'm actually Dude. seeing Cosmopolitan.com headline about it. <laughs> well, I have a note on that, <laughs> saying, okay, this is about kind of more about the finale, touching on that. But this is what I wrote down. Uh, hey, Jim, if you think they're not making Steve gay with Billy next season, then you are mistaken, my friend, because they turned that up to 11, if you know what I mean. And just the way he was acting was like cartoony suppressed eroticism. Like they know what they're doing. They're making him like the dad in American Beauty, not him, the yeah. guy with the Nazi plates. The actor denies it. Well. But maybe he's I just mean, doing a thing. Or yeah, maybe, I mean, just... he can deny, uh, death of the author means, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't matter what he says. They're, they're, it's very, very gay. And that's great, but they're definitely playing into it. Um, the, the people directing, maybe he doesn't realize, but they're doing it. What's this fucking shit? It's got to be Jopper, right? Plus, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it's Jopper. Plus, I mean, we do find out that the bully's dad is a bully, much like it always happens. Yeah. And he does call him a faggot. To show that he's the worst bully, to show that yeah. he's a devil person. I'm just um, saying the word because it's in the show. Um, although uh, Natasha in the chat says that I did predict, I guess I did predict that last year that we would hear someone call someone a faggot uh, on this show. Oh, 
I th yeah, or I think you were, or at least we were talking about the bullies and like we were saying they wouldn't use that word, they would use a different word. And yeah. you were saying that, yeah, I think so. And they, they saved it because they make Billy the ultra Steve to make him a super bully. So you have to take it even more to the next level because next season, like this is Piccolo and Vegeta, because Piccolo gets becomes good to fight Vegeta, but then Vegeta gets good to fight Cell. So basically, they're all going to get good and have sex together uh not only on the fanfics uh they're they they listen to the fans so that's what's gonna happen jim well and it it it, it felt like such an empty because the character already like luckily everyone's like this character's worthless yeah. because he is and then so they make him such a caricature of a bully through or just like an evil guy through the whole season and then in the episode before the last they try to give you this half-assed like Hey, you know, everyone's bully is being bullied by someone else, which is true. And you could do this story, but just the way it's fleshed out is pretty lame. Uh, it's definitely Jopper, everyone. I'm on Archive of Our Own. We have two sources now. Well, by two, I mean there's like 50 on this website and 500 on the other one. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically, uh, I wish these were Hopper, like a frog or a rabbit. Or grasshoppers. He is large with kind eyes. Okay, so that's from Eleven's point of view. I, I, I was wishing I would find something really, really bad just to start with. We got to get back to the show, Jim. <laughs> well, and, I, and since we're kind of on Billy, what was this fucking scene with, with Mike's mom and Billy and like? Oh yeah, she was. I mean, I got she was reading a romantic novel. And her husband, like they all love playing up that the Wheeler father is like such a like a like a piece of garbage. But then there was this like, ooh, this sexy hunk of a boy. Like, is this something they're going to pay off, or is it just this dumb joke they wanted to do? That's a dumb joke. Awful character, by the way. Like, who are we rooting for? What are we rooting for in this scene to happen? The stakes are um, that it's Nancy's mother. And I don't know, Jim. That's so just a dumb like joke. F you, like if he if he bangs their mother, he can like throw it in all their faces. Then then that means that he didn't get uh, tranquilized. Then that makes him the alpha again, because now he's he's Nancy's daddy now, and and Mike's daddy. So that's gonna be interesting. Well, and in then with that, four. like, it's weird because I I mean I guess. There were Billy. Billy's main feuds were with Steve and Max, and yeah. I mean, I guess they give all the victory to Max. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve just gets like the shit kicked out of him, kind of. I mean, he gets a couple good licks in, but uh, otherwise he gets beat up. But it's just I don't know. It wasn't really a very sad. I guess it's because the character's not great. I was gonna say it wasn't really satisfying either way. I would say. Uh, yeah, I guess no. we're jumping ahead. I, I apologize. It's just because we're on that character. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. From I mean, speaking of Steam, from Mikey in the chat, that Steve and Dustin are so great together, and that's also what I was thinking. That like, I don't who cares about Hopper and Joyce. Let's I, and I'm not chipping them. Neither is Mikey. But like, come on, let's just have them hang out for be the, make that you know season three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a great team up for yeah. like splintering the group. Having Dustin and Steve, that was great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, okay. I mean, if we pick up at the beginning, yeah, the lab's under under siege. We Okay, we already went through that. And then, of course, yeah, yeah. we lost uh, Superhero Bob. 
Uh, the crew does kind of all come back together here because uh, Steve and the gang are hunting the Demi dogs and it leads them to the lab. And that's where Nancy and Jonathan have just arrived, but the power's out. Mm. So they're just in time to save everyone sans Bob Newby because he's being eaten by a bunch of Demi dogs. And, and of course, then they, yeah, they go home and they say, the monster won't be able to find us if we don't let Will know where we are. And they are in Will's home. They're yeah. at his house. So it feels like if he's in his brain, he could at least like guess if he really wants to get to this kid, which doesn't seem like the highest thing on his priority list. I'm talking about the Mind Flayer here. The Mind Flayer wants to consume the world, I guess, and these people don't feel like that much of a threat. Uh, it's only when they start poking around in Will's brain. And I did like, uh, I did like the Morse code angle of them like trying to interrogate him and he just keeps being the mind flare but then he's he's tapping out these messages and i also like that there's one character's like what's that and then everyone's like it's morse code because they all are big nerds well that's the thing i didn't really like because i didn't i mean i guess they're nerds so they would know it but the only time we saw morse code was uh hopper teaching 11 that's so, true but it was just kind of this weird like Remember we referenced Morse code earlier, except with different people. Well, <laughs> he knows Morse code too. I mean, it's fine. I get like your explanation is kind of fine enough. They're just they're nerds with walkie talkies. I just wish they telegraphed a little bit better with those particular characters rather than with some other characters. Yeah, because it's it would make sense for Hopper to just know it at the drop of a dime. He's a fucking like ex detective now sheriff. So yeah. I'm fine with not really going through the explanation that he knows uh, Morse code, but it was like they kind of explained that he knew it <laughs> so he could, you know, see it later for some reason. Is Hopper the one who figures it out that it's Morse code? Um, I'm pretty sure. Isn't Hopper like he's looking at it and then he comes inside and yeah. grabs the paper? Yes. So I guess, I mean, that's kind of why it works. Because, uh, yeah, you're right. It would make more sense if Eleven was possessed and she was the one tapping out the message. That would definitely call back better and, like, fire that Chekhov's gun that we didn't know was being loaded earlier. That would work better. But I, I guess I don't really mind it because I just assume these kids know it. I don't mind it. I just thought for a second, I was like, oh, weird. Like, I, the only thing I remember about Morse code in this show is between Hopper True. and Eleven. It's just yeah. like a weird one-off. I did like when they're going through the the mind flayer stuff, and everyone's like listening and taking serious what Dustin's saying. And then I th- what it's Hopper that's like, well, how do we stop it? And he's like, we get an army of zombies. I don't know. It's a kids' game. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they do get this whole uh, montage of them trying to fix stuff. Where again, we get signs of Steve being the best. Where he's like even talking to Nancy, like, hey, it's fine. Go be the, with the one you love. Like, he doesn't say that, but he's just being the best guy about everything. And even at the end of the season, when he's there in the car, he's kind of like, still love Nancy, but what you going to do? So, yep. best dude. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can't tell if they, if they knew how much they're making us like Steve, like even over Jonathan, like in a big way. Uh, mm. I can't tell if they know that they're doing that or they just like that actor a lot or what. Because it was I even that, said yeah. that the main thing on why they kind of changed things was they liked the actor when they started, like, you know, shooting the show, uh, the first part. Yeah, I think they know. I, I'm, I don't think they know how... Uh, well, I mean, 
I'm sure people like Nancy and Jonathan, right? Have you read reviews? Are people talking about how great their chemistry is or something? I haven't really seen it called out, but I haven't seen it, you know, shit on either. So Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they, I mean, we probably aren't as on board as uh, other people would be, but I think they're, I, I mean, they know that Steve, they give Steve a lot more to do than, for example, Mike, and uh, that's, uh, that's going to make it more likable. Yeah, for sure. So then it ends with Eleven showing up, killing the demi-dogs, because, yeah, they do. Like, the phone rings, and then Will figures out where he is, so the demi-dogs are coming, and then Eleven comes and kills them all. That's the you end of you got to give it up to that kid uh, that plays Will, because, uh, all, like, all this the, the this scene and the way it plays out, it's very effective with, you know, him kind of go like trying to fight against the mind flare and the mind flare taking control and then maybe him trying to trick them, but he can't because it's like, who am I? And it's like, eh, mom, your mom, right? <laughs> like yeah. I, I liked all that stuff and I liked how it played out. I, I do your criticism still very valid of like why instead of putting all this effort to hide the shed, just bring them somewhere else where they wouldn't know where they are. Uh, but I still think this is all like an effective moment and it's even though you know 11's coming because we saw in the last episode, like uh, maybe they could have ended episode seven a little bit more ambiguous. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, we know 11's coming and this is the perfect moment. It's still very, again, very effective because now finally the whole fucking team's back together. Hell yeah, I've been waiting for this for eight episodes. Let's yeah. do the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, small note on the Morse code again. He does tap out close gate. Which is fine, but if he's supposed to be, like, the spy working finally for them, he's been spying the other way, and now he finally gives away some key, it would have been nice if it wasn't, like, the most obvious thing that they should have been trying to do all along anyway. There's a devil gate? How do we stop the monsters from coming through? I don't know. Maybe we fucking close the gate. Uh, like, that's, I mean, it's fine that he would say that, but... The, the buildup of him having tapping it out and everything, it would feel more like a, a a good payoff to the spy stuff and everything if it was something if he gave them a key to close yeah. the gate or something like a that. A little bit more insider information or something. Like saying, I mean, they've they've talked a lot about heat and stuff like that, but maybe burn the gate. Like maybe like he figured out how the gate can be closed, and then that's what lets Eleven do it. Something like that. Yeah. Chapter nine, the gate. Speaking of what we we're talking of. So, uh, yeah, we get a reunion, first of all, with Eleven and Mike. How do you feel in general now that, like, we can talk about the whole thing, uh, the whole damn thing about Mike and Eleven and how everything panned out? Well, I'll bring it back to, I remember when we discussed uh, Stranger Things 1 in the end where it kind of, they did this, they did that dumb scene with, like, the almost kiss and then, like, him asking her to the dance. And I think we were both pretty in agreement, like, what the fuck is this? Like, it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um... And I guess if anything, them being apart in this tortured like relationship, by the time it gets to this point, I'm all in now with, oh, yeah, Mike loves Eleven. Eleven mo loves Mike. They should be together forever. They need to grow up and get married. They're perfect for each other. So uh -huh. at the very least, I guess that turned me around because I remember in the first one, I was like, what is, this is such a weird like shoehorned in thing that I don't get why it's there. But now it makes more sense. 
Okay, I think you were more negative on it back then because I think my thought on it was mostly that it let us know that she was going to be gone. Like that tipped the hat completely on her not being there at the end of the season when they're even, they have the almost kiss and they even have him like, do you want to come to the dance this Friday when you'll still definitely be in this dimension? And then obviously she isn't and and that kind of tips us off on that. Uh, I kind of liked it from the start. What, uh, yeah, looking back on it, we talked about the scene well, earlier. That makes oh. sense, but like some relationship you root for shouldn't exist just to telegraph a thing that happens 20 minutes later, you know? Yeah, but I didn't feel like that because I felt like more they have had gotten close as he was protecting her and yeah. they he was feeling like he he feels like an outcast even more and he's being bullied and this girl saves him. It's the only girl he's talked to and this is the only boy who's actually made or person even who's made a personal connection with him. So I wasn't yeah. so against it in season 1. Yeah, I mean I I think that's all fair, but I just even with all that I don't think you needed it because either way they were close and they yeah, had yeah. a relationship. You didn't have to then elevate it into like, like, like what you do with every other thing where all of a sudden, like it's more romantic and maybe yeah, I guess they were younger. Cause even this, even this year that's passed, they seem so much older. So maybe it's more natural, but either way, like I can't argue like your stuff makes sense. I just still feel it wasn't completely needed. Yeah, I can see how it would feel like an extra escalation, um, because yeah, as you said, that's if if it don't, if it's only there to let us know that it's gonna go bad, uh, then it's not like great. But but for me, I didn't mind it that much. But I was thinking about the scene earlier that we discussed previously, where uh, where L walks in on Mike and Max in the gym. Oh and... no! Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's my You're disgust. Just... Oh, My yeah. disgust continued, yes. You, yeah. Because yeah, this yeah. makes no sense. Mm. Uh, because it's not like... Like we had said in the past, if maybe that scene marked the the change in Mike where he was more accepting of Max and they, beca- they became better friends yeah, throughout yeah. the episodes where there's more of a bond there uh, that Eleven is jealous of. But it makes no sense. It's still like they're they're setting up this continued rivalry between Max and Eleven for no reason i i basically brought it up to say now i feel you were right (laughs) uh so i'm not i'm not not bringing it up to fight about it but i i I think you're you're right because uh i even the last time we talked about it when i'd seen the first six i felt like it would change something for mike at least a little bit but even here in the final freaking episode he's still talking to max like don't think you're part of the party just because you're in the party doesn't mean you're in the party or whatever and that gives him like even less of a character than he's already reduced to from having not enough screen time and not enough uh stuff to do like he's being cornered into the role of filling a function for her rather than like you were saying earlier that it felt like some of the new characters were just filling a function and that makes sense as far as billy i i kind of argued that i didn't feel that way about max but here it's like Mike's doing that. Mike's being stubborn only to give Max the motivation and the arc, which is bananas to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like the character it's uh, I it's the, the Max character isn't a big as big of a failure as the Billy character, but it's in no way a, a successful addition to the cast yet. Like they they haven't really proved the worth of the character. Here's, here's what I would say as far as a, a spoiler on my 
how Stranger Things might have been fixed. And this is just a tiny thing. But at the end, she drives the car and she p- pulls up to where they need to go to burn the stuff. And sh- she's all, told you, Zoomer. And that's her like saying, like, this is why you need me in the party. Like, at least have Mike say that, okay? Yeah. Because if you're going to hold off on him accepting Max into the group, at least pay that off. Even if you're not going to build to it or anything, you just repeat it over and over. At least like have Mike at the end tell her, like, yeah, good job. Like, you're one of the crew now. Yeah. yeah. Because, for example, he could have told her to stay behind when they all go in the, into the tunnel. Because that's another gripe of mine that they all jump into these tunnels for the fifth time and no one stays behind to make sure the hole doesn't seal up. Where I think, I mean, Mike was there last time that happened, right? Or, yeah, they well, were going in really to get Hopper out. It, the only time they really showed us that it closed up was when Hopper went in. Fair enough. But he would say, you're not in the party. You stay out here. We're going to deal with this. And then she could follow and she could save the day anyway with whatever special skills she has. I don't know, just even just beating a monster up with her skateboard or something. Or I I feel it would have been even more likely that she could have been a pyromaniac or something or have a little quirk that's not being super awesome because she skateboards and she's kick-ass at games, which is fine, but give her something that's a bit more edgy if you're going to have her be this tortured young kid. Like, she's a bit mean at times, but you could do something like that and then have that be the thing that saves them at the end because she has the gasoline or whatever and burns the monsters. And then it's like, oh, you're the fire mage in the party or whatever. Yeah, I mean, her thing is that she's great. Like, she... Uh, she becomes part of the group because she doesn't go away. Um, she finally stands up to her brother and wins that and drives the car and becomes the zoomer. Uh, everything she and she skateboards. Awesome. She's great at video games. Like it's, it's kind of the cliche pandering character that you have here in 2017. Um, I mean, I'm not against like, if you want to add more girls to the group, that's completely fine. It's just weird that you have to make her the best when there are like the best person on the show. The strongest person is already 11. So you don't need another kick-ass chick unless maybe it is to set up like 11 being threatened by her next year, because even though 11 has the real power, it's still like when you're a kid, it's the dumb shit like skateboarding and being good at video games. Yeah. I mean, if they could pay it off with that. I would, I would kind of maybe be on board, but we'll see. I mean, I'd say like she kind of has a flaw in that she's uh, not a very nice person and kind of nosy and stuff like that. But the show doesn't act like that's a real flaw. The show acts like her brother is her flaw rather than anything in herself, um, which is why it doesn't feel as satisfying when she overcomes her flaw by literally just. Uh, injecting her her brother in the neck and and threatening him like he couldn't just beat the shit out of her later. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, I I, I still feel like they could have made it better by having Mike accept her at that earlier point. And yeah, maybe like we don't need to build to a triangle with with Elle and and Mike and and we already have enough triangles going on here. But it would have just, it would have just gelled a bit better and maybe given Mike some like as i said he's a grumpy boy he just keeps being a grumpy boy all season until he gets to go to the dance with the girl and that's his whole character which is a bit yeah. sad yeah and i guess th- that is kind of a dropped ball because to 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 help fix the max character and fix what's going on with mike through most of the season 
is if at that moment with 11 kind of seeing them and and walking away that is the the catalyst of at least him coming out of his shell a bit more and them having like it doesn't have to be a like a we're dating type thing because obviously they want to do that with lucas but just yeah just accepting someone into the group and that becomes more of a an actual uh conflict but whatever i don't know i, I guess that's what they were going for they just didn't really nail it and real quick with the chat uh they're talking about um do we know if the vines and tunnels avoid water? Um, I don't think they were avoiding water because it's like a weakness. I think they were just avoiding water because the the tunnels weren't... It's weird because they weren't that deep in the town, but they were clearly super deep at the lab. But yeah. in the town, I mean, Hopper could just dig to it and then there's the, 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 the tunnel. So I'd imagine it was more avoiding it just because the water went deeper. But it, that theory does get blown out of the water when we see they have to take a fucking elevator below the building to see yeah. how, how deep the actual gate is. So I guess uh, it's, I, I don't know, it's not really clear either way. I assume it was only uh, near the surface at the places where the crops were going real bad because otherwise all, all of the town would be going bad. But that's a good point because that would almost have felt more satisfying uh, because I don't know how many times they bring up that it doesn't like the heat. Uh, it's honestly like a hundred times. And then at the end, they solve the problem or part of the problem by burning, um, burning these vines and things, yeah. which I guess distracted the demidogs for long enough for them to get down there and start closing the gate. But if they bring up the water thing, that probably would have been a more satisfactory thing to bring back or something because we've known that he solves it from the start and it's only because uh joyce was too precious with her son and because of all like because of the science and everything going on that they didn't just put him in a fucking fire to begin with because that would have solved it um so yeah i played it off because you think like oh he doesn't want to get in the tub because it's hot water but maybe it's the water yeah Uh, but going back real quick i did like i like the dynamic of you know, Mike and Eleven are together and Hopper is Eleven's kind of, you know, father figure now. And there's that dynamic of like dealing with your girlfriend's dad. Um, And plus they have the thing of like, he was keeping her a secret this whole time to keep her safe. So I like their scene together where they're kind of fighting a bit. Like he pulls them away and they kind of have a good old, like, what are your intentions with my daughter? Uh, Stranger Things version of that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, And I also really liked uh, Eleven and Hopper, like in the car when they have the like, you know, I'm sorry, like their their reconciliation over the, like because basically it's been since the big fight, right? Since they've even seen each other. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Although it felt like Mike and Eleven, like it was almost uh, at the cost of them not getting enough scenes at the start where like Mike just kind of walks up to and is surprised and says hello and then Hopper's like you're coming with me kid and like drags him away and he's like you liar and I mean that's a good scene but they don't really get a connection moment until the end so it's all just kind of floating along on them being separated in this puppy love from season one and then yeah back to kind of what we've been talking about a lot like the B team you know they get stuck at the house at first with Steve as like babysitter Steve and then, as yeah. we said, Billy shows up, a fight breaks out, Max saves the day. Um, I did like the whole B team and what they did. Although when they get, yeah, like you said, they go into the tunnels. And when they have to do the fucking dart demagogue and give them a three musketeers, I was so mad. I hated this whole thing. 
because I mean, clearly it's a riff on the Goonies and Baby Ruth and Sloth, but am I buying that this demagogue has a relationship with Dustin? Like they have this bond? Like, could we have maybe seen a little more of that beforehand then, if that's where we're going? Well, I mean, I remember a lot of episodes of him feeding this fucking thing and talking to it under his hat and everything. My issue was more that it didn't feel like it changed anything. Like, yeah, the the dem the demodog dart got out of the way for them to get past, and then he was like, "Bye, bye, you, you done good, pig." And then, but then he dies. Like, I thought what was going to happen was they were going to be climbing up the rope and then the dogs are coming and then Dart jumps in and defends them or something like make it a bit more dramatic because now it doesn't really change anything. If Dart didn't exist, there wouldn't have been a, a, a threat, threat like stopping them from leaving. So the thing that, yeah, it, it doesn't well, really change much. At the, yeah, the there end. were scenes of him feeding it, but once it became fully grown, there was nothing but this thing's going to kill me. Well, that was from him that he was the one like thumping it. Um, I don't know. I felt like they like he did have a turning point where it was like, okay, it's a demigorgon. We got to kill it. But it almost didn't like they, they made his love for it. So in inconceivable to start with that it didn't feel like I don't know. I didn't like the way it p- paid off, but I did believe that they would act in the way that it was happening. Um, although it thing to yeah. believe that. I, I know Dustin had his connection to it, but when it, yeah, when it was a little like gross, cute type thing, you could maybe try to fill in blanks, but there was never anything shown on the Demodog side to make it seem like he understood this. Like once he was full, once he was grown into a dog anyways, and like someone in the chat, I like the Dustin thing. He's a great little kid. Yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about Dustin. Dustin is a great little kid. I'm just saying this story point did not work at all for me. Uh, yeah. And I think I agree. Like, if he sorry, saved him, I would have been even more disgusted. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I think uh, like part of why you're right is that it makes the threat and the monster is less monstrous for no particular reason. Um, I think... It's felt like this series or this um, this uh, sequel didn't have as good of a of an antagonist, partially because the evil is just a big shapeless thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, even though it was way bigger, it felt a lot smaller and less threatening than last year um, because they faced something like this before. And I'm not saying like it should have crossed over and started wrecking the town like a Godzilla monster, uh, but it felt felt like more of the same. And these demidogs with the fucking cutesy nickname and just how many there were, and Dart being a cute little thing, it just made them a lot less threatening. So the strangeness of it all was robbed away because we'd seen it before. And, uh, and, and now it's just like a lesser version of what we'd seen before. Yeah, it's yeah. So. Yeah, there was more of them. Uh, it's well, like I was saying in a video game where you beat something you think is hard and then there's 10 of them in the next level. Well, and I mean, honestly, it's... it's They wanted they wanted to protect the twist that there was a bunch of them. So they yeah. had to play up Dart as evil. But if earlier, if around that point when you find out there's a bunch of them and then Dart kind of protects them because Dustin's there, like a, like they're all about to like run down on the group, and then Dart jumps out and kind of scares them off. And then it becomes more of a thing like a few times throughout these episodes, Dart's there like as Dustin's friend, 
like much in the same way. Like if we're talking like Goonies or Monster Squad, where where uh, Frankenstein or Sloth is fighting on the side of our hero kids, but then at the end he has to die because he's from what he is from where he's from and he sacrifices himself for the group like because i feel like they think they have that moment at the end where you see the three musketeers yeah to a dead demo dog but all that happens for me is i laugh and i say what the fuck is this uh but it but also i do like the idea of them finding something from the upside down that isn't evil i'm all for that and maybe trying to show another side of maybe this was a world that was just sucked to nothing by the mind flare or whatever so i'm all for any of that i just what they went for they to me they didn't set up for what i feel like they think we're going to react to like yeah how they feel like we're going to react to at the end yeah i definitely that sounds a lot better what you're saying that he would have like you know when all the different demodogs were appearing he came and helped them and then they had more of a bonding thing because at this point like i said it just doesn't feel like a good payoff uh, and like my solution was very surface of having like have a payoff in an action scene but your solution yeah. actually makes a lot more sense because you're going back and actually putting in that emotion you're trying to pay off these emotions that you haven't built up and as you said because it has to die right now that doesn't matter they were trying to kill it yeah. literally like a little while ago like two episodes ago so and then it's sad when it's died if if they were trying to kill it or something and then it saves them and then they're buddies and he's the reason they're able to save the day and then it has to die more of an et thing uh, but you know kill et at the end yeah and like are you gonna tell I, I understand that when dart was a little baby he loved three musketeers but since then he's had the taste of cat and he's had the taste of scientists when they were all down in those tunnels you're telling me that he's tasted blood but he's like no you know what i really miss good old nougat and the three musketeers give me that give me that i love it yeah i mean if anything just as his taste buds evolved and got better he should have uh gotten that out of his diet real quick um <laughs> yeah i agree jim with what you said about yeah nougat. and uh yeah as as you said uh it's the hopper no not hopper um Joyce takes Will. Joyce and Jonathan take Will to the cabin and turn up turn up the heat to scare the the mind flayer away or make him leave his body, what have you. And then exorcist this, style, yeah, yeah. And this is what I was saying, Ryan. We have a video game because Hopper's on like one of those missions where you got to protect the NPC mm -hmm. because Hopper's in the uh, big elevator with Eleven, but the Demodogs are like jumping everywhere, and he's got perfect shot shooting demodogs off the wall and all over the place and then 11 realizes that instead of using one hand she could use two hands for her power and mm -hmm. close the the gate and the mind player is just kind of chilling like looking at the gate like oh man can't believe it's closing right now god damn it yeah he does reach out at one point but hey that's when she brings up that second hand so didn't really and, matter and wrong, i know we're being like kind of dicks about some of these stories. Yeah, yeah kind of a lot <laughs> but it's like the thing is the characters are so great it's still a great show to watch it's just a bum out when some of the story points feel like ah and, and again obviously it's not like i'm what i'm coming up with is amazing or way better it just feels like there could have been a few things a little bit better to make it hit even harder than it did uh because either way like all said and done when it gets to the dance all that stuff's great yeah. It's all really, really great.
Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the thing that gives her the fuel to close it is like she thinks of her trauma. And again, we get these flashbacks that we've been talking about that we don't love, um, which in general, like just brings moments down for me. We get even from season one, we see stuff uh, right as she's trying to close it. And yeah. then she sees this vision that her sister showed her of uh, Papa who uh, like says that she's got this wound that needs her, oh, it's going to fester and take you over and blah, blah, blah. And that's when she manages to close it, I guess symbolically moving on from her past. But I don't know because they threw that thing of Papa still being out there, which I didn't love because it felt like at the end of season one, we were like, great, but we want now we want something kind of new and fresh. And now even now they're like, let's bring the psychopath back. You know what everyone loved about Stranger Things, that great Papa character. Let's bring him back and, and make that a huge thing. My thing is I, I, I completely I agree with what you're saying, but also I kind of welcome it because I, I didn't love this. I, 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 you have these kids and then you have this giant Lovecraftian thing. It didn't fully work. <laughs> for me with this maybe if they showed more of how like the way it infects will if it was doing that to other people or something like it's too much of a thing to really i lose interest so if it was if it's more if it's a more grounded like evil guy who has like power as far as connections and power in the infrastructure and science or whatever i guess i'll kind of welcome that a bit more than just you know a, a planet-sized shadow from the you know the the upside down or what have you, yeah. Um, or maybe if it's just him manipulating the upside down more to his whims and to what he wants. Like I, I kind of welcome. It doesn't have to be that character, but I kind of welcome something a little bit more sl- uh, small stakes that mean bigger stakes for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next season just because and i'm all for the mind flare because that's the one of the bum out things is that it flips like at the the very last shot it flips over we see the mind flare again and we're like oh jesus and he's yeah. watching dance or whatever and it's kind of like uh-oh but the way the duffers have talked about it it makes it a little bit more sense like they've they've described it more as the mind flare is there because now he he didn't know about eleven before or the power that eleven had, oh. and now that he's seen that she closed the gate, he's not necessarily keeping an eye on the kids. He's keeping an eye on eleven. And I guess if I guess there's potential there because if we know that he can infect people and he sees that eleven has all this power, you know, there's something there that they could go with. Although it seems like you wouldn't want to do that until season four or something. Like you can't really go back to this when you do Stranger Things 3. Oh, yeah. I need to watch the post-show things, I guess. That sounds good. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like what, what you're saying about Popeye is basically you want something on a different scale, which I agree with. I guess for me, it just felt like, uh, remember season one? Let's go back to that again. And, I mean, if they do something different with it, I'm open to that. Uh, like, I don't mind them bringing back as a character. It just symbolically felt like even more of not letting go just like the final shot like you said i think the i don't remember exactly the final shot of season one but it felt like it was like showing you that there were a lot more demogorgons or or something like that like it was um the big the big things we were left with was like will kind of flashing back to the upside down and back to the real world and like coughing up that uh basically what was dart i guess yeah Uh, yeah 
and then some, kind of the threads. I think that was like the last shot. But then, of course, there's the threads with Hopper and Eleven and all that. Yeah. Uh, they did say, uh, they did make a comment on the way they ended this season. And they said they didn't want to tie themselves up with a lot of stuff. That's fair so, enough, yeah. Because like that, they did last time, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I think it does confirm what we were talking about, where they had to spend a lot of time like unraveling threads they set up that they didn't necessarily direct them where they wanted to go. Where it was more so like, hey, this is season one. We don't know if this is going to be anything. This is kind of a cool ending that ties things up, but says like, but what if? But then when they came back for it's it's very similar to what like what um, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis talk about with Back to the Future One. They're like, oh, when we went back to make Back to the Future Two, we're like, oh shit, yeah. we have to make about their kids, and we have to do that. We have to say they go to. They didn't want to really do any of that. And that's why, like, in Back to Future 2, it's, like, the first, like, 20 minutes they kind of tie up the, like, the future and they save money yeah, yeah. and all that. And then... I, I always but, think about how they, like, wipe his girlfriend's memory immediately and, yes. like, oh, we're going to get you. And then, it, like, yeah, they just explain it all away uh, in a Duffer Brothers style thing. Yeah. No, and, I mean, that's the- also why I liked... Uh, that's why I liked that the climax happened and there were still, like, 20 minutes left and they did this happy ending bit and it was about like the characters again. I like that a lot. Yeah. It, it all played out really nice. Um, I mean, obviously like the Dustin and Nancy thing played out really nice. I guess that's one of like, they always knew like that. Like that's one of the things we want to do. Uh, and just like poor Dustin with his hair and he's just, you know, we've all been that kid and like, you're just getting like kind of laughed at and turned down and, and then he has this like triumphant moment, like, oh, I'm dancing with an older girl. And uh, it's very reminiscent to me of like Freaks and Geeks mm-hmm. uh, when she dances with the, you know, the the retarded kid, for lack of a better word. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was worried because I thought like, OK, now Dustin's going to have a fucking crush on Nancy all next season. She's going to oh, kiss him on the cheek or something and he's going to go all googly eyes. But yeah, I don't think they are, they're going that way with it. So it worked out in him. Like I uh, felt my heart was breaking for him when he was asking girls and they were and he he's brave enough to do it. And then first says no. And then they run away and he has to watch the girl he has a crush on, like kiss this other boy who's his friend and he can't do anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a nice night. Nancy did something good for once. Well done. Yes. Yeah. And and even like the Max and Lucas stuff works really well, I think like. Like the, I know I'm been down on the character, but I'm all for like rooting for this character as being part of the group. Like, okay, we've got these like growing pains out of the way. Now let's explore some stuff in the new season. So, and I, I liked, you know, their stuff like will, they kind of just shoveled off on some like wills, the kick-ass dude, a stranger just like, Hey, let's dance. You're, you're, you're a little yeah. uh, zombie kid or whatever. Yeah. Did your mommy bring you to the dance? Because he's fucking tiny compared to all these adults, almost adults. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I have to say about the final episode, the climax, I mean, we've already talked over it, but it's not that great because it doesn't feel like they're in nearly as much danger as uh, the first part. 
like or yeah stranger things one and i even like i waited to watch the last episode for because i had a few busy days and i felt almost like i didn't need to watch it i felt like and that's not in a bad way i felt like okay good i got like i liked stranger things i got the stranger things stuff done and i didn't feel like i could be spoiled because i felt like i knew what was going to happen like it was basically a checklist of things for them to cross off where uh yeah yeah eleven's gonna close the portal and you know will he's gonna get the devil burned out of him and yeah the kids they do go into that hole but they it never felt like they were in a real danger there either because everything in there is all slow vines that aren't really a threat if you're smart or if you're there in great numbers and can help each other uh so yeah they they, they kind of check they, those things off that probably was the most interesting because at least they seem to have the most like be the most at risk yeah right well, like, not like something was going to happen but since they had more of a direct danger around them uh because i mean the like to me the mind flayer again since he's so big it doesn't really mean like even if he got through the gate i just like all right here comes a shadow smoke like cares the mind flayer is difficult because it's like we don't really associate him with the tunnels i guess what they or it felt like they were saying like the tunnels is the mind flayer but it's not because he's made of darkness and he reaches out in the end through there. And like when they burn Will, something black literally shoots out of him and flies away. And I'm like, well, did that go through the portal? Is that just zipping around up there? What's going on with that? It doesn't feel like a concrete threat. Uh, like, yeah, it, it does do when they're down in the tunnels. But then the demi-dogs just kind of run past them to go, to go fuck up uh, Eleven. But she's just she closes it. Hopper's fine. Everyone's fine. Except fucking Bob. And I'll give it to him because it's kind of a classic, maybe not just 80s cliche, but it was kind of big time in the 80s. I always hate the horror movies or sci-fi or whatever that have this kind of impossible threat, but the solution is always like, destroy the one, and then everything turns back to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like the demodogs just die just because, you know, I guess the gate's closed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a trope, so they're using it, but I still don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what it happens, and it's all, like, the obvious thing. Uh, probably would have been more interesting if it was like, but they're still fucking monsters. Yeah, let's But, yeah, they got to wrap it up. They got to cross that off the checklist, too. Get it all out of there, kill Dart off. You know, he was fun for a few episodes. Now he's dead. Um, I guess that pretty much... Like wraps up our coverage of these episodes, or well, we get Joyce. Joyce is just hanging out outside the dance, which I, I like that moment because it made sense. Because it's like without everything that Will's gone through, mm -hmm. Joyce is never gonna leave Will alone ever again. Yeah. Uh, we get a, uh, even though you guys are hating, we get a nice dropper moment here uh, where they like share a blunt or a, a, a bone. They share a they smoke a bone together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, and of course, I mean we know it's again we know it's coming. But we're all anxiously awaiting Eleven to show up at the dance, and then Mike and Eleven get to have their dance, and they the get kiss. to have their kiss, and yeah. uh, they talk about that a lot in like the post shows because I mean they're kids, so it's like obviously like a weird thing you're kissing in front of extras and a crew, and yeah. they uh, the Finn Wolfhard points out, and I guess you can kind of see it in the um, in the cut he mouths or he kind of like like tries to talk without moving his lips where he says i'm coming in i'm coming in and then he comes in and everyone and everyone's even more hard as a flutter because not only do you have 11 and mike but you have millie brown and phil finn wolfhard 
in real life and everyone's shipping them all over the place. Well, that's something that like to, to hook you, dear listener, in. We have stuff to say still about Stranger Things that aren't specifically about the show, perhaps going over some of the stuff around Stranger Things, uh, maybe some some nice tweet videos and things like that that need to be broken down, like my heart breaks down when I watch and, and consume these things. But uh, I also want to go through the, the all the behind-the-scenes stuff and be more up on that so we can have a proper discussion of everything going on behind the scenes, speculate for next season, and, of course, get in your opinions on what should have been different or was it perfect? Let us know that, too, by emailing showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. We yes. also have a YouTube uh, yeah, youtube.com slash shows what you know uh and that's where you find the show first of all because sometimes we get lazy to add it to the stream so uh better check it out yeah make sure you follow us on twitter mm, that shows right. what you know but not the word you the letter you shows mm, what those... letter you know on twitter <laughs> The fucking it. character limits, man. Uh, yeah, and I mean, not to pile on you, but there's also awesomepedia.org, jimandthem.com for all your pop culture entertainment, writing tips on my website and Game of Thrones and other shows, and uh, I think that about covers it. Stranger Things, final thoughts? I, I mean, we were more negative in this final part because I think the ending feels a bit bungled or, or like, yeah, I, they painted themselves into corners. Certain parts didn't work as well as maybe they could have. But overall, I think it's a success. I wouldn't say great success, but it's definitely a success. I liked it a lot. I agree. I agree. I had a, I had a blast going on this journey of Stranger Things 2. And yeah, I mean, of course, as you've heard in our uh, discussion here, there's some nitpicks and some stuff to get into but there's still a lot of those moments like yeah i can nitpick the bob newbie death but i'm still watching i'm like ah bob no yeah and i'm yeah, still yeah. fucking invested and i'm still uh like i'm still in with these characters and very excited to see where they go with it it's still it's a must watch show for me and it's one of those rare shows where i'm like i can't wait for new episodes and a new season so yeah, go. yeah, and if we think about other shows we like where it's like, I oh, know this season wasn't that good and that season wasn't that good or, or you know, this is amazing, but you got to wait for this and that. Like, there's only, like, there's less than 20 episodes of Stranger Things in the world and because of all the hype, because of how much everyone likes it, they're going to get to keep making it and that makes me excited because uh, not, like, they don't need to run it into the ground, uh, but they can do it for long enough where we get to follow these characters growing up and like progress the type of story you tell. They can bring in Chicago stuff or just in general, them growing up and becoming different people and introducing other stuff because there's more material to pull on, which is what we were talking about. We don't need it to be the same stuff all, all the time. They like their, their like sample base is basically like, yeah, it's Stephen King, but it's more generally the 80s aesthetic. They they got a lot to pull from, and there's so many possibilities still. So, yeah, Stranger Things, man. StrangerThingsPodcast.com. And what we'll leave you on from the chat, what's Jim and Jacob's ship name? Oh. Someone says Jim Cubs. Mm. Maybe Jam? Jam? Jams. <laughs> Jams. <laughs> That's just my initials. Uh, if, you, if, you, 
if you can see my Andy Serkis uh, autograph I have on the wall there, it de- says High Jam because those are my initials, Jacob Alexander March Burroughs. Oh, wow, holy shit. Yeah, so that can't be our ship name. Yeah, that can't be it. Uh, Burpoli? Burpoli, though, from Mikey. Oh, Burpoli. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. One. I'm uh, pretty sure like- we nailed it. If you wow. have other suggestions, please do tweet them at us. Uh, Put them and- in a review on iTunes, please. <laughs> yeah, please. And do suggest shows for us to watch there uh, while we wait with bated breath for Stranger Things 3. Yes, and on the horizon, um, Court, like you said, we're going to maybe uh, take another angle at some Stranger Things stuff. Uh, we have watched uh, The Good Place, so if you haven't checked that out, I would say maybe check out a few episodes, take a peek, because we have a discussion on the horizon for sure. And, of course, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, I know everyone's like, what the hell is that? Just just look forward to it. It's going to be good. Yeah, for real. That one, uh, fucking her names that she picks for her shows make it really hard to pitch my friends on them. But it's a very good show. Uh, I think we're also probably going to talk about Vice Principals, Star Trek. We're going to do some Netflix roundup. And um, Hannibal as well as one we have on the horizon. And someone requested Firefly too. So we got our work cut out for us. Then, of course, Christmas special. What are the best Christmas specials? So many good things to come. Um, This is the time to be down with shows which you know. Because great things on the horizon. Absolutely. So see you next time, everyone. Peace.